You're listening to the Seek, Go, Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Welcome, everyone, to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This is your host, Tim Winders. And today, we're going to be covering something that's been very interesting that that I believe a lot of people are going to want to know more about. And this that's what this episode is all about. It's how to live in houses that are not yours. And basically, this is an episode dedicated to house sitting, which my wife and I did for a number of years. We actually still do it from time to time. And this episode is going to talk about, we, I'm going to go over kind of how we came to do that, some things that we really like about it, some things that may not be as fun about it as far as our standpoint. And then I'm going to go over some stories and examples, and then I'm going to give you some tools that you can use if it's something that you want to kind of test and try out yourself. But basically, like I said, as we got started, this is a way that you can live in houses that you don't own, you don't pay the mortgage, you don't pay the bills or any of those type things, and you can enjoy them, and then you can just kind of move on and go to another home or go somewhere else and... That was very interesting for us. It was very timely for us, as we've shared in our story, that in 2013, when we left the home or were asked to leave the home that we were living in, in our gated community, that we really didn't have a place to go. We became nomads, which this whole season is dedicated to the nomad life. And one of the first things that we did was we became house sitters. And the, the thing that we say is that we were professional house sitters. It kind of sounds good, but I also want to say that there was really no money that changed hands. We were professionals because we took it seriously and we believed that we did it well and it was a win-win for, for the people that had a house and it was a win for us. But that's why we call ourselves professional house sitters. So let me kind of just mention, for those of you that don't really know what this is, let me define it. And there may be variations that I'm not aware of. I'll kind of talk about it from the standpoint of what we know about. And, uh, and then we'll talk more about uh, the good and the bad of it and, and some examples for you. House sitting is basically just what it says. Someone else owns a house. Many times there's a pet involved or some reason that they feel as if someone needs to watch that house when they go away. And when they go away on a vacation or a trip or they travel or overseas, they use the term holiday more than vacation for those that might be listening to this in America. And also, just another side tip, they actually holiday for much longer than we actually vacation. They'll many times holiday for one, two, and three months, where in America it doesn't typically work the same. We're more of a weekend or week, sometimes two-week vacation or trip type culture. So it actually is a little bit more appealing overseas than it is in in the States because of that reason. But it is basically watching someone's home for them. And if they've got pets, you watch their pets and you make sure that things are well kept, they're in good shape, and you live there and you take care of it. And then when they come back, you hand them the keys and you leave and you move on. And they need to be comfortable that's going to be well taken care of and you need to be confident that you can take care of it. So that's essentially what it is. It's almost like this matchmaking type thing. And of course, the internet and websites have made it 
even more appealing because you can now get matched up with people all over the world, even when you're not there. And we'll talk about that in just a moment when I go over some websites and how we actually did house sitting. I believe I shared this story in an earlier, in an earlier episode, but in early 2013, when we were considering what we were going to do when we moved out of the home we were in and didn't really have the resources or anything at that time to move anywhere else or buy a home or anything like that, we were considering trying to move to Austin, Texas. And I just mentioned to a friend, you know, I didn't really say it this way, but this is what I was thinking. Don't really have the money for hotels or Airbnbs or anything like that. If you know somebody that just has a place for us to stay, and, and what was interesting is within about 48 hours, I got a call back and this friend of ours said that they had, they had some neighbors that lived in their, in their, um, in their multi-story, in their, in their high-rise building in downtown Austin. They were going to be traveling for about a month overseas and they had a couple of dogs and they were really wanting someone to come live in their place and watch their dogs so they didn't have to board them or take them to a kennel or something like that. The dog can be relaxed and stay in their, in their home, I guess. And so we thought about it and we talked to the people and they were comfortable with us or pretty comfortable and we were pretty comfortable with the situation. So in February of that year, 2013, we went to Austin, Texas and we house sat for, I guess would have been our first time doing it. And we stayed in, I believe it was around the 23rd floor of this 38 story building right in downtown Austin and we watched the dogs and we took care of the apartment, not much to take care of there in that apartment or condo. And we enjoyed the facilities there and we also enjoyed being able to walk all over downtown Austin with all the restaurants and the, and the bars and the, and the music and things like that. And we really were able to experience the area in a much better way than had we stayed in a hotel or, or possibly even an Airbnb. So that was kind of what got us started thinking about house sitting. And then later we started doing more of it that I'll talk about it in just a second, but that's kind of got us going. And so it really made us think about being able to live in homes and help people out and us not have the overhead of the bills and mortgages and things like that. And of course, coming out of the downturn, the economic downturn of 2008, we were really looking and kind of being forced to look at ways that we can watch our cost and and be able to live in places that when we didn't really have a lot of financial resources. So let me just go over some of the perks and advantages of this, even though some of you are already kind of thinking about, wow, that's kind of neat. But I also want to cover kind of some of the good stuff and some of the bad stuff or the tough things that you have to deal with. So uh, just a few things. And I mean, these should be pretty obvious. You're living in a home that you don't have any bills, no mortgage, no rent or anything like that, no upkeep. And and because some of you are probably saying, well, why wouldn't someone charge for that? Well, you're really doing a service to them by watching over their their home and their pets. And so it's really just a trade off. It kind of gives them hopefully some peace of mind. It gives them the ability to know that someone there is watching their pets and walking them, taking them out. And anyway, it's just, it, it really is a, a good trade-off. So, so anyway, so that, that, that's one, one definite, definite plus. I mean, we stayed in downtown Austin in a high rise without any expense to us other than getting there. 
for an entire month, which was really, really cool. So that's awesome. You know, another kind of benefit, I guess, is, is you really get to try different things before you decide to either rent or buy or make a move. We were able to experience downtown Austin without really making the commitment of renting for six months. You usually can't rent for much less than that or signing a long-term lease or worse, buying something and then realizing we don't like the place. And, and so that is really awesome. There's also other variations of that. We noticed as we traveled that we would see different kitchens, different living arrangements, different furniture, different layouts of homes, different, different ways that bathrooms were built obviously different beds and, and, and all types of things in homes. And what we, what we realized was that we had probably lived in, let's see, our first home we lived in for about eight years, our second one about 10, and our, our third home right around 10, maybe a little bit off on those years. But we had basically lived in, you know, three, four houses our entire life. And sometimes it's hard to know what you like or don't like about a house until you really try it. And, and it's really rare you're able to try it out before you buy it. Um, I, you know, I think most of you know we're in an RV right now traveling. We'll cover that in a future episode, but I was just talking to a lady today at the laundromat, just doing my, doing my laundry and having fun doing that. And, uh, and I asked her, I said, so are y'all living full-time in your RV? She goes, we are right now because we're building a home. And, uh, and she made a comment that I thought was interesting she goes, we are building the perfect home for us. It's got everything we want. And I was just thinking in my head how it's sometimes really tough to know what you want until you live in it. And so anyway, not to go into more details of that story, but, but when one house sits, they get to try all those things out. My wife is a fantastic cook and in some of the homes we've had, she's had a lot of kitchen gadgets and a lot of things that she really liked with her certain stove and certain oven and, and kitchen utensils. And, and there were some kitchens when we were traveling and house sitting that she would say, Ooh, you know, I've never known this was something I've never been able to try this out, but she was able to try it out. And you know what? Sometimes she said, I don't know that I like it that much. I would have spent a lot of money on it and may not have liked it. So that's a, that's a super, super cool perk to being, being a house sitter. And then of course you really get to experience areas and cultures that, that you get to do it as, as kind of a resident instead of a tourist. One thing that Gloria and I, my wife and I, we found is that we're really not good tourists. We're not really good at going into a place and having a few days and needing to see all the tourist things and all that. We just, we don't do it that well and we really don't enjoy it. It's really exhausting for us. We really like going into a place for a week or two or three or three months or sometimes longer and just taking time and on a, on a day, maybe middle of the week, take some time off of our work and go see some things that might be some of the tourist items and, and, and just go out and visit and things like that. It's just, it's just much more relaxing and peaceful for us to experience local areas that way. We also, I think I've said this before, but we get to visit some churches. We get to go to more restaurants. We get to enjoy things like that. So those are some of the great perks 
of house sitting and enjoying living in homes that you don't own and that other people are taking care of all the bills and mortgages and things like that. I do want to go ahead and mention, though, there's also some drawbacks to it. Let me just kind of get some of these out of the way, and there may be a lot more. I mean, some of you, let's just say this right up front, you're going to be sleeping in other houses. You're going to be moving around a little bit. You may be uncomfortable with going into a place where the bathroom's in a different spot, the sink's different, you know, different layout of the kitchen. Uh, Obviously, there's beds that aren't your beds that you're sleeping in. I mean, you know, always wash the sheets and all that type stuff. But still, you're sleeping in strangers' beds. And there are some people that are not comfortable with that. I will say over time, we became more and more comfortable with it. And after a while, we started enjoying just seeing even beds that we liked. We were like going, hmm, we'd always thought we really wanted one of these memory foam mattresses. But when we've slept in them, we realized, boy, they're really hot. And and we're not sure that we would spend the money for one if that's something we're buying for ourselves. So, so that's kind of a tough part. I mean, you're moving around. There's strange environments. We actually, when we did a lot of house sitting in the, in the States, we would travel around and have some things with us, some items, a few Rubbermaid boxes with some of the kitchen gadgets that my wife liked, some of our office things that we traveled with. And so you would get into a place and you would have to unpack, you know, set up your things in whatever office you were going to be working in or desk. And, you know, if you had some clothing with us, we would get that in the closets and all those type things. Those are those can be a challenge. I'll tell you this. There's one other thing that we had that when we started doing this in 2013, 14, 15, we thought we would not have to deal with this. We really thought that we would be able to get high-speed internet wherever we went. Well, guess what? There wasn't high-speed internet all over the place then, and even now as we approach 2020, there's still not high-speed internet everywhere. There are some people that will tell you they have Wi-Fi, but you'll get there and you'll hook it up and you'll do a speed test and you'll go, oh my goodness, we're going to have trouble doing a video call or we're going to have trouble uploading some videos or things like that. And that was a challenge. Um, We had some tricks that I used. I'll tell you in just a little while, some tips and tricks that we used to to overcome that. But still, that was an issue and you had to make, make all that work. And then there's just some quirky things. I mean, you may be in some small towns, you may be in some bigger cities, there may be transportation issues. There may be just a lot of things that are different and going on that might be tough. And then here's the thing, there's also just a lot of quirky things that might be a challenge. For for example, almost all of these involve pets, usually dogs, sometimes cats. I'm more of a dog fan and I don't mind watching dogs at all. But uh, there's quirky things like there could just be some dogs that have emotional issues. They may have emotional issues because of their their parents, but they could have emotional issues. It might be kind of difficult. I just kind of learned how to how to deal with those pretty well, even though there was a lot of differences there. There there could be there could be some owners of pets that the reason they don't send them to a kennel is because they do not get along well with other dogs or other people at kennels. There could be a reason why they need to get a house sitter. There could be some other odd situations where some people, we had an interesting one, someone wanted us to come to Hawaii, which sounded cool, but what we realized is that they were still going to be living there and they were kind of just looking for people to help them work. And we needed to kind of do some of our own work and we were trying to get back on our feet as far as business and things. So we didn't really want to be kind of 
indentured servants to people. And so, and plus there's just odd houses. There were some small homes we dealt with. Then there's some really huge homes that we dealt with. And so there's just always different and unique things that you have to work with. So those are some of the tough things about it. And then well, I guess one other thing is obviously you have to travel and get to these locations. And that was sometimes fun. And it was sometimes challenging because we also, I'll share some more about this in just a second. We also did this in Australia and New Zealand. We did it all over the U.S. And we also did Australia and New Zealand. So you can't drive a Honda van to New Zealand or Australia. Just a clue. Some of you are scratching your heads. You're wondering about that, but take my word for it. You can't. You're going to need to get on an airplane or I guess you could do a boat, but we did an airplane. So so anyway, there's, there's just some challenges there, and obviously some people are just not comfortable going in and out of homes, and that means that this may not be for you. But for others that are wanting to travel, get out, see parts of the world, experience cultures, maybe do it on a, on a budget and, and, and just see things without spending massive amounts of money, this is a, is a potential great option for you. So let me just mention a couple of quick tips here, and then I'm going to share a few stories and then mention some websites, and then, uh, and then we'll just kind of wrap up. A couple tips. Let me just give you the Wi-Fi tip that we found. We would go through a process anytime that we, we, we kind of learned this early on. We would go through a process. There's websites that match you up with these people. You can go look to see what house-sitting gigs are available. And also people can look to see what house sitters are available and you could list geographic areas or you could leave it open-ending, open-ended. And it, it, it attempts to match people up. You could send messages and then they could respond and then you can see if it's a good match. Obviously, as house sitters, we did a profile and we listed out criteria that we had and listed out who we were and tried to give background on us to create some comfort level. And then the people with the houses and the pets would do the same thing. And, and another thing that we did was we would go ahead and we would, um, we would, we went ahead and get a, got a background check. So they knew that criminals or someone with a record or things like that weren't going to be coming into their home because a lot of people that first hear about this, they go, well, how do they know you're not going to come in and, you know, steal everything they own? Well, they need to be comfortable with that. And on the flip side is how do we know that we're not going to show up on the South Island of, of New Zealand and there not be people there that we can go stay in their home and watch their home for them. So it's a, it's really kind of a trust. It's a trust and learning to be trustful of people on both sides of it. So, so we had these websites that we would match up and you'd have a communication. And if you talked over the dates and the locations and all that might make sense, what we did was we would recommend doing a Skype or a Zoom or some type of webinar or, you know, online call. And I did that for a couple reasons. Number one, I would like to look at people and let them see us, you know, hopefully we're not weird, creepy or anything like that. And maybe they're not either, even though looks can be deceiving. So we would, we would get on uh, a video call and we would, we would talk to them and go over the details and confirm things. But the other thing I was doing is I was making sure they had enough web juice, enough internet, so that I could do video calls and web calls. Because if they were having trouble, then that means that we were going to have trouble when we went there. So that was a little trick that we learned there. 
And so we would talk back and forth. We actually had an agreement that we would sign says we're planning on being here this time to this time. And here's what we're going to do. And then we would also have them sign it. And it said that, you know, they agreed to all of it and they were going to provide this and, you know, all the basic things for the home. And if there was anything unique or different, then they would include that. And so, so that's what we would do. And that really worked out great. And that was kind of the way that we, um, that we went about going, going about getting the gigs and making sure we're all comfortable and, and things like that. So, so that's the way we worked it out. Let me give you some examples of some of the places we stayed and the things that we did. I think I've already mentioned to you Austin, Texas. And later in that year, 2013, what happened is, is we were visiting Breckenridge and I found out about a house sitting gig uh, on over into the winter in February, March for six weeks in Breckenridge. For those that do not know, do not know Breckenridge, Colorado is a phenomenal town with some of the best skiing ever, 10,000 feet in the mountains of Colorado. And it is beautiful. The town itself is a great town, even if the mountains were there, but with the mountains and everything else, it is phenomenal. So we first visited and our souls just loved it. And when we found out we could do a house sitting there, we reached out to the people and we were already there. So we were able to meet with them face to face instead of doing a digital chat with them. And they said, hey, we like you guys. Why don't y'all come back? So we did six weeks in Breckenridge and and we loved it. And we actually did a couple of years there. That's what will happen here. These people that they were going on missions trips and they did it the next year. So we also did Breckenridge the next year. And then the next year we were busy, but our son went and did a house sit for them. And we've also done the same thing in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We had some contact, uh, someone contact us. They have a nice home and a pool and two dogs that are that are really cool and fun dogs and a beautiful place not far from the beach in Fort Lauderdale. And they wanted to go north for the summer for really about six to eight weeks, I believe is how long they went. And we connected with them and and we went down to Fort Lauderdale. And you know what? We did that for two or three years in a row. In fact, this last year they contacted us, wanted us to do it again, but because we were living in our RV and we were on the west coast of the U.S., we were not able to. But I fully expect and hope that we may be able to do that again because we enjoyed, we're originally from Georgia. We're not typically fans of humidity, but we found that six to eight weeks out of the year, especially when we're poolside, not a problem and we're able to do that and enjoy it. So, so those are a couple of examples that really worked out well. We watched, uh, we watched dogs in both of those situations. And just a few others, just to kind of whet your appetite and let you know what's available and what's out there. We also, our daughter was an au pair. She was actually a nanny for a couple that was in Brisbane, Australia, and we wanted to go visit her. So we had started doing this and we just started looking on some of the websites I'm gonna to mention to you shortly and found a two or three opportunities to do house sitting in Australia and New Zealand. And the reason that those areas are great is because, like I mentioned earlier, in those parts of the world, they do holiday. They don't just do a week vacation. They do holiday for a month or two months or possibly three months. And so we, we connected with some people before we made the trip over there. And in Brisbane, Australia, we had two opportunities to house sit in some great homes. One was a little more of an average neighborhood, but it was nice. I enjoyed the 
big burly dog that we watched there. And then we actually had a house sit that I don't even know the price of this home, but it was stunning and it was near, you know, you know, you're in a good neighborhood if you're on water, you know you're in a better neighborhood or a really good neighborhood if you're on a golf course or have a pool. Well, this this home was near a horse racing track, which is way up there. It was a very nice part of Brisbane, Australia, and we enjoyed that. That's one of the places that the kitchen there was phenomenal. They not only had a main kitchen, but they actually had a servant's kitchen with multiple walk-in, with a walk-in refrigerator and things like that that my wife really enjoyed experiencing while we were there. So we did that in Brisbane, and then we went over to New Zealand, and we stayed in a home for three months on the South Island of New Zealand, and get this, watching an outdoor cat. You heard me correctly. Someone just wanted us to be there to watch their outdoor cat. Now, we were there during winter. It was a little bit chilly, but we were able to explore and see a ton of things in New Zealand, and that was awesome. Then when we came back to Australia, we visited Sydney. We didn't do a house sit there, and then we drove down with some friends of ours that came over to visit, and we spent some time there. We drove down, had a horn in the background. I'm recording this in an RV. And then we drove down to Melbourne, Australia, just outside of Melbourne, on a golf course, and, and we spent a month there just outside of Melbourne watching a few dogs there. So those were some things we did overseas. And then in the U.S., we've done things in, in Reno, near Tahoe, and like I mentioned earlier, Fort Lauderdale, and I'm probably missing some. Oh, we did one just outside of Atlanta. We're actually in downtown Atlanta and just a number of other places. In Colorado, we've done a few. We've actually jumped around a number of places in Colorado. So anyway, we have had a blast doing it. I believe for someone who really wants to experience a lot of things, it's a great option. And let me just mention one thing about, about, the, about the pet sitting part of it, and then I'm going to give you some websites, wrap up, and we'll be done. It, it is, it's something that's tough when you're a nomad to have pets. Many people do it. We're in, in the RV lifestyle that we're living right now. There are a lot of people that have dogs. In fact, you probably just heard some barking in the background because they're all over in the, uh, in the RV park we're in right now while I'm recording this. But, but one of the things that's kind of nice when you house sit is that you get to be a grandparent type person, type, type pet sitter. In other words, you get to go in and have fun, and I would spend a lot of times, especially with dogs, I would walk them, walk them, walk them. I would, you know, take time to spend time with them. I would actually, in many ways, try to help train, and I'm not a dog whisperer or an official trainer, but I would help them if they were a little, a little anxious on the leash or a little bit tough on the leash. I would try to work with them some and spend time with them. And, and, and I just it would really enjoy that, especially because in many ways it's kind of more fun being a grandparent than it is an actual parent because you could work with them, work with them, work with them, and then you could leave. And so I, I really enjoyed that. I will say for me personally, and probably my wife would say the same thing, I enjoy the dogs more than the cats. I know some people listen to this are going to get upset. You're probably more of a cat person than a dog person, but, but I just enjoy the dogs. I would always, almost always, have people say, well, our pet, our dog is special, and I know that they are. I truly, truly believe that, but 
you know, they would say, well, you have to do it this way and have to do it that way. This is something that I noticed, that as soon as the owners would get out the door, I would spend some time just with their pets. And usually if it's a dog, if you kind of scratch them behind the neck and show them some attention and are nice to them, and if you feed them, if you take them on walks, and especially nice long walks, or if they're labs or retriever-type dogs, if you go play fetch and more dogs barking in the background here, you play fetch with them for a long period of time. Let me just say this, owners. I'm not saying that they don't love you, but they're going to love whoever does that with them. And and we did have many times some owners that would come back and they would say, you know, our dog kind of seemed a little bit depressed for a few days after you left. <laughs> That's because we really believed in, as best we could, trying to spend some good quality time with the pets and, and really be a blessing while we were in that situation. So keep those things in mind. All right, let me give you a few resources here, and then we'll wrap up this podcast and move on. There are three websites that we used to get all of the, we'll call them gigs, the connections for house sitting. They all do things a little bit differently, and I'm going to mention to them. We're also going to include them down in the show notes so that you can get access to them. I do want to say this before I, I give all these. There are a lot of places, Facebook groups and some free sites out there that can match you up. We looked at them and we considered them and maybe even put a few profiles up. But what we found was that the quality of interaction wasn't as good on the free sites as these three I'm about to give you that charge just a few dollars to participate. And when I say a few dollars, I think it was $25 to $75 per year. It wasn't per gig, or at least it wasn't at the time. I don't know that it is now. but And, and we just joined, and you build the profile. And, of course, you need to do a good job with your profile. And we had some recommendation letters written before we actually did a lot of house-sitting. We had some friends and people that could recommend our character and that we were trustworthy people. And then when we started getting house-sitting gigs, we actually had people that could recommend us and refer us and things like that. So it kind of picks up steam, kind of like uh, a lot of other the uh, a lot of the gig economy does nowadays with ratings and things like that. So anyway, here's a few um, here's a few of the sites. Let me go ahead and give you these. And again, there'll be links down in the show notes. The first site, probably the primary one that we used, was TrustedHouseSitters.com. TrustedHouseSitters.com. This is a great site probably the best one out there and the most visited. It has great listings, but I will say it seems as if there are more people trying to house sit than there are people looking for house sitters. So I'll I'll give you a good example. When we first found that Breckenridge uh, house sitting, we later talked to the owners and said, how many people reached out to you about this possible house sit in Breckenridge in the middle of winter, prime time, February and March. And I think they said they had over a hundred people reach out to them. We only got it. Well, we believe that sometimes we believe we're God's favorite and that he really wanted us to get it. But we also believe we got it because we were located in Breckenridge and we could actually meet face to face. And when I messaged them, I said that. And we actually went over and had, had a meal with them and had dinner and met their dog and saw their home and you know, they maybe, you know, saw that we weren't um, 
weren't weird or anything like that. I, I hope maybe they thought we were weird. I don't know. But anyway, so that was what we found on trustedhousesitters.com. So trustedhousesitters.com is one. Another one is mindmyhouse.com. Mindmyhouse.com. Not quite as fancy. Not really. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a dated site, actually. But we actually got a number of good matches from it. In fact, I think we got one of our overseas matches from that one. So mindmyhouse.com. And then finally, the third one, and we, we got all of our house sitting from these three. The last one is housecarers.com. Housecarers, C-A-R-E-R-S.com. Another good one that we've used just for a few nice gigs there. So trustedhousesitters.com, mindmyhouse.com, and housecarers.com are the three places that we use to get our house-sitting uh, house sitting opportunities. And you know, the thing I might recommend is even if you're a little bit hesitant about this, but you might want to try it, just maybe mention to your circle, your friends and family, say, hey, listen, you know, we might be living in our home now and all of that, but just to maybe see what it's like or just to stretch ourselves. If you've got friends that live in another area or have a vacation home, just let them know that if they ever travel or they ever have it vacant or ever have something going on, that you may be available to watch their home and their pets for them. And they might scratch their head and say, what are you talking about? Say, trust me, this is a real thing. Go to these websites. It, it exists, and we want to do it for you. Or if you really want to stretch yourself a little bit, go to one of these sites or some of the other sites you can find and just build a profile and see if you see something or see if you get matched up with somebody that seems like a good match and just try it. You know what, it might just open up some cool and unique doors for you and you might get to go experience a location in an area that you've never experienced before. So those are some tips and some background and some information on, on house sitting. And for those that uh, wanna reach out to us on, on our website or in some of the comments or anything, if you have questions, just go ahead and ask those. We'll try to do our best to answer those. The final thing I want to I guess wrap up with is this. There was a philosophy that my wife and I had when we did this. And I believe that this philosophy helped us, helped us do, I guess helped us, I'll say be a blessing. We actually would always say we wanted to leave the home and the pets better than when we came. And it was even so much that if there was, I'm not a handyman at all, I don't claim to be, but there would be situations if you just notice, for example, the toilet lid that goes up and down, if it's a little loose, I would find a screwdriver and try to tighten it down. If there was other little things, and we didn't really have a lot of, you know, um, homes that, that had a lot of issues or anything like that, but I would just try to, if there was something that might could use a little bit of cleaning up or organizing, I would try to do the best I can to do that. You know, I, I didn't have a problem cutting grass. We, I don't think we ever did it necessarily, but I would try my best and my wife would try her best just to leave the home better than it was when we came there. That's just a great philosophy and we believe that it really served us well. So I, I hope you've enjoyed this. I, I think this is gonna stretch some of you and you're gonna go, oh my goodness, I can't imagine doing it. Others are going to get really excited and say, we have got to try that. And I hope that's the case. 
I just encourage you to, or you may know some people that might want to do it. But anyway, thanks for listening in. I hope this has been helpful to you and maybe just giving you a glimpse into a different and unique way of living and seeing the world and, of course, living in houses that are not yours. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. We are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network, so be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.